This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. On the spot's going to be coming in next whistle for Boston. Big old shooter to the basket as it ejected. Out of bounds. Hawk ball. Good defensive play by Irving. I thought Schroeder was going to turn the corner. Look at Irving. Pull his hands away. Still get the block. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. Good afternoon to you on the East Coast. Good morning to you on the West Coast. I'm Alex Dreisak, and we're back here on Moose's Mulligans. Oh my God, you serious? So for your recent highlights this week, in the NBA, the Celtics, Pistons, Raptors, and Wizards are at the top, with the Cavs now on a four-game winning streak to reach 9-7. and seven. Broke his ankles the last time, backs it down this time. It's a fall away. Oh, he did not! He did not! 116-111 James this season, as of right now, is shooting a career-high 58.5% from the field, 40% from three, and 29 points per game. That's MVP caliber to me, in my mind. In the MLB, your MVPs were Jose Altuve and Giancarlo Stanton. Cy Young winners were Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber. And managers of the year were Paul Molitor of the Twins and Tony Lavulo of the Diamondbacks. After the GM meetings, we have some trade talks between teams beginning to rumble, but nothing officially in the books. Recently named NL MVP, Giancarlo Stanton has been the center of most of those discussions, but Derek Jeter had this to say about his star outfielder. Alright, and in the NHL, once again, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on a roll, and the Vegas Golden Knights are strongly holding on to a playoff spot. Everyone is saying what we're going to do, what they think we're going to do. Um, you know, Michael Hill's here, and I think like every organization uh, has a representative here. You try to look ways to improve your organization. And, uh, you know, that may be through minor league system, may through, be through trades, may through, be through developing your own. But, um, you know, we're open to discussions, just like everyone else. But, uh, you know, if there's a reason to call, I'll call them. But uh, at this point, there's no reason to call them. Creeping over to the NFL, and I'm getting sick of opening with them on this show, but they've been forcing my hand as of late, and they did it once again. So to open up, I wanted to make it crystal clear and express to you what I think are the three main reasons the NFL is in this downward spiral that they are on. You know what really grinds my gears? Mike Test. All right, so let's dive right into it. The first reason I'm going to say is the pace of play and injuries. With so many penalties, I feel like we see first and 30 or a 45-yard pass interference penalty way too much. And meanwhile, while the referees are sorting all of this out and cleaning up all the dirty laundry, the game isn't being played and everyone is left sitting bored. I also tie this into coaching. This sport is definitely tied into coaching. Uh, let's use Sean McVay versus Ben McAdoo as an example. Uh, one came in and re-exhilarated an entire franchise, while the other looks like he might have led the franchise to their worst season ever. Now, you add in not just the injury timeouts, 
but you also factor in the fact that the players getting hurt mean they're not playing anymore. It kind of defeats the purpose of a sport if more than 30% of the players aren't actually playing. If the best players are hurt like Aaron Rodgers and David Johnson, then that'd be like watching basketball without LeBron James or Kevin Durant and you're a Cavalier or Warriors fan. The head injuries have been the major concern of the injuries in this sport and to make things even worse for the NFL, uh, for the first time a retired NFL player who is still alive has been diagnosed with CTE and obviously parents aren't very happy with the fact of all these head injuries and that could be lifetime damage and lead to shortening lives. Example of like Aaron Hernandez, uh, Junior Seau. And then if parents aren't comfortable with their kids playing the sport, not many people are going to play the sport. And then if you don't play the sport, you're not as interested to watch it. But let's, let's get to the second, the second thing I think here is the second issue is the off the field issues and political issues. And we've already seen with, with players off the field cases like Ray Rice and the late Aaron Hernandez, who at age 24 was already suffering from brain trauma that was normally seen in a 70-year-old. But it seems like the NFL players find themselves in the most trouble. I mean, whether it's due to head injuries or not, it's still a fact that parents don't want their children involved with this. When you've got NFL players getting arrested, accused of groping an Uber driver like Winston, and you also add in the fact that you have these football players that are starting to take their own life, that's that's a scary off-the-field issue. Now, we tie into what I think is a less so serious, but people take it very, very serious right now, is uh, all the talk about the political issues of taking a knee during the national anthem. It's estimated that over 15% of the NFL viewership has been lost on kneeling alone. <clears throat> it's never a good thing for any company when a giant group of people are boycotting your product, and that is definitely occurring from this, and... Not only this, this led to the incoming war here of Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones, which is my third problem with the NFL. Roger Goodell versus Jerry Jones is not something the NFL needs right now. Let's just say that Jerry Jones isn't happy with the way the commissioner handled the whole Zeke Elliott suspension and uh, with the other recent issues in the NFL as well. The whole deflate gate scandal with Robert Kraft. Kraft paid a million dollar penalty and they still suspended Tom Brady for four games. So I don't think Jerry Jones, and he's made it very clear, actually, that he's not going to be as nice as Robert Kraft was. And Jones told Goodell, I'm going to come after you with everything I have. If you think Bob Kraft came after you hard, Bob Kraft is a... compared to what I'm going to do. <laughs> you can use your imagination there to fill in that blank. But I don't think this gripe is good for the league. Because the person in charge of your league is getting crapped on and booed for every decision he makes. That's not going to give you much confidence in the league. It's not going to make people that interested in the league. It's going to do the exact opposite. And honestly, this league needs anything but that at this point. Alright, we're going to take a quick break here on Moose's Mulligans. But when we come back, we're going to talk about MLB free agency and the upcoming winter meetings, which should be very, very fun. Right here on Moose's Mulligans. This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. I am not an entertainer. These are the ABCs of me, baby. I do not dance, and I do not start preseason without a contract. Fine, fine. Jerry, talk to me. 
I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege that I will never fully tell you about, okay? God, help me. Help me, God. Help me. Help you. Help me. You are hanging on by a very thin thread. <laughs> and I dig that about you. <laughs> no contract? I help me. I help you. Help everybody. I'll see you, boss. Sherry, come on, man. Hey, see, that's the difference between us. You think we're fighting, and I think we're finally talking. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. Woke up sweating from a dream with a different kind of feeling. All right, back here on Moose's Mulligans with me, your host, Alex Streisak. We're going to get into the MLB offseason. And if you want to read about our MLB offseason predictions and a recap of the Houston Astros season, you can find it at alexanderstreisak.wixsite.com slash Mulligans. Easiest way to get that link is to go to facebook.com slash Mulligans. Give us a like and get all the latest news on the show. So moving on, I thought I would give you the top 10 free agents, I think, for this MLB free agent class of 2017-2018 is what we'll call it. Number 10. At number 10, I have Greg Holland. He was on the Rockies last year, and if I've learned anything from the 2017 postseason, it's that bullpen's going to be an important thing to win a title. We should already know that Holland has swing and miss stuff, and as long as he's healthy, it could be the difference between going home in a Game 7 in the playoffs or winning a World Series or going to a World Series. And I think the teams that are going to be pretty competitive that should be looking at them are the Rockies, the Brewers, Diamondbacks, Astros, Rangers, and Cubs, and... You know, I, honestly, I think the predicted team I would love to see him at is the Houston Astros. I think he, he could uh, really help them out. Number nine. At number nine, I've got Eduardo Nunez. Uh, finished his season with the Red Sox. He got traded there last year. And he's a utility infielder who's very underrated still in my mind. I mean, not only can this guy play the entire field, he gets on base and he wreaks havoc on them with stolen bases. Ask any Yankee fan how important a stolen base is in the postseason, by the way. Dave Roberts. Uh, anyway, plus, with long seasons, Nunez may start at third base for you, and end the year at second base with his utility ability, you just never know. And teams looking at him, I think, should be the Red Sox to keep him back, the Yankees, Royals, Twins, and Cardinals. The team I would love to see him on, and I'm predicting, is the New York Yankees. I think he'd be a great fit at their third base position after uh, Todd Frazier now leaving for free agency, and I don't think Chase Headley's going to be their starting third baseman. So I would love to see him in pinstripes. Number eight. At number eight, we've got Jake Arrieta of the Cubs, and he's going to be a lot higher on a lot of these free agent rankings you'll see. But for me, if this guy were more consistent, like what we saw in that playoff game against the Dodgers this postseason, uh, he'd be way up this list. But with his age up to 31 and the amount of innings he's thrown have been very high the last three to four years, it, I'd, I'd be a little more leery of using my money on him instead of adding to my bullpen or lineup instead. It really depends on what team you are. 
Uh, you know, teams like the Cubs definitely should be looking for him. They're going to need help in the rotation. I think the Yankees, Brewers, Rangers, Cardinals, and Red Sox are all kind of in that same category of starting pitching-wise. And um, honestly, I predict he's going to go back to the Cubs because the Cubs need to hit the free agents market hard for starting pitching. Why not keep Jake Arrieta? Number seven. At number seven, I'm going to go international here and go Shohei Otani. And that's if he gets posted, obviously. <laughs> this guy's literally the Babe Ruth of Japan. Except he looks a little more athletic, let's just be honest. But Babe Ruth is Babe Ruth. And, and anyway, his, his fastball sits over 96. He's hit over 300 with some pop in Japan. And we might finally get to see this two-way player make it to the MLB. Usually guys like him are converted into just pitchers. But I'm hoping we have some fun with this guy. Like, he's a two-way player that could possibly work. You send him to the American League, he could be a DH and a pitcher. I mean, teams looking at him should be like the Yankees, the White Sox, the Rangers, Astros, Red Sox, and Twins. Now, I think if he went to the White Sox, we might actually get to see that two-way ability, which would be awesome. But right now, I project him still going to the Yankees, and he would probably just be a pitcher. Number six. At number six, I've got Lorenzo Cain. Now, I've got him higher than other people, and I feel like it's because he's one of the most underrated free agents this year. George Springer really showed what a leadoff hitter can be. Now, he did hit for more power than most leadoff hitters, but still, the point is, is that I think Cain could be one of the great ones to fit in the right situation. And why not? The Cubs, honestly. I mean, they lost Dexter Fowler, and they looked a lot worse without Fowler in the leadoff hole. And it seems like a good fit to me. He's a great leadoff hitter. He could fit in with the Royals still. And uh, the Cubs and the Dodgers are looking for outfield, but I don't think they'll take Lorenzo Cain. So I, I project he goes to the Cubs and takes over that leadoff spot. And I think that's a great signing for them as well. Number five. At number five, we're staying in Kansas City. We're going to go with Eric Hosmer. He's a very solid first baseman that you can rely on. He'll produce throughout the lineup the entire year. And... Surprisingly, it's been tough for me to think of a competitive team that really needs a first baseman. The only ones I can really think of are the Yankees, Angels, and Red Sox. And that's if the Red Sox keep Devers at third and not first. And the Cardinals a little bit. But, I mean, we heard a rumor of the Padres trying to take Eric Hosmer. I I said competitive. Sorry, Mark Burke was ahead of time. I said competitive. And the Padres are not competitive right now. So, if Hosmer's looking to go to a competitive team, he's looking at the Royals, the Yankees, the Angels, and the Red Sox. And honestly, the Royals are kind of borderline anyway. Uh, I project he's going to go to the Angels. He'll be a West Coast guy. They love to pay first baseman big money, as we've seen. And it should be an interesting fit. I'm not sure if it's the best fit, but I think that's where he'll go. Number four. At number four, you got it. Another Kansas City Royal, Mike Moustakas. A lot of teams could use a third baseman with pop, like Moustakas has shown this year. The question is, who's willing to make the long-term investment on a 29-year-old third baseman who has good defense but just started coming out with his bat? And with David Wright not who he was and Matt Harvey entering the last year of his contract, I think the Mets should either hit the market hard or sell the house. And right now they're not selling the house, so teams looking at him should be the Mets. I think the Yankees should be looking at Moustakas at third. Angels are an opportunity. Cardinals sort of. But the Royals obviously would love to have him back as well. And I think he should... uh, I don't think he should, but I think he will go to the Mets and take over for their third base role. Not saying it's the best fit, but I feel like they would be willing to make that investment 
to keep fans happy from what might be a tank of a season in New York. Number three. We're going to number three. And this guy's number one on a lot of lists in free agency, but I have him at three as you, Darvish. He's an impact arm that is great because he generates a lot of swings and misses. His ability, when healthy, that's the key. He does hit the disabled list a lot. Is uh, He's an automatic positive to any rotation. You know, he'll... He could end the losing streak, keep the winning streak going. He's one of those guys. And he's 31 years old, been on the DL a lot. And Darvish is going to look for more of a long-term deal, obviously, now. And I think the teams that are willing to give it to him are the Dodgers. I'm not so sure about the Yankees. More more like Cubs, Red Sox, and uh, Nationals are the ones that will really make the push for him. But in the end, I'm going to see you, Darvish, still in Hollywood area and uh, playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two. At number two, we have Wade Davis and talk about an impact closer. We are saying how important relief pitching is in the playoffs. This guy's playoff value is unbelievable. He's so legit in every key situation. The Cubs can't live without him, which means cha-ching, cha-ching. Wade Davis is going to get a big payday. But I think other teams like the Nationals, the Cubs, oh, excuse me, the Diamondbacks uh, and the Rockies, should be looking at him besides the Cubs alone, but I think he goes back to the Cubs and gets a very nice payday. Number one. All right, the number one free agent for me this year is going to be J.D. Martinez. I think this guy absolutely turns the lineup around. His ability to mash lately will just lead to what I think will be a very high payday. Those desperate for a bat, especially a clutch one like this, should be offering a lot of years and a lot of money to him. Teams looking at him should be, I think, the Indians are a good fit. I know the Astros let him go, but they could use his help definitely. The lineup would be awesome. And you got the Diamondbacks who traded for him. Yeah, in teams like the Rockies and Dodgers, but I see him back in Arizona. They traded a good amount of prospects away for him. They'll probably invest the money in him. All right, my honorable three mentions for free agents are going to be Jonathan Lucroy, Lance Lynn, and Jay Bruce. I think those guys could make a pretty big impact when used correctly on the right team. But just a fun little preview there going into the winter meetings coming up soon as we're approaching December already. This show is flying. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for joining in for episode 27. Check us out at facebook.com slash Mulligans. Give us a like. Give us your feedback. And until next week, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Dreisak. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 